Welcome to the Digital Brand Builder Podcast, where we bring you the best growth strategies from the world's experts to help build your business fast. And now, here's your host, Mark Fidelman. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Digital Brand Builder Podcast. Today, joining me is Jody Krangle, and she's going to talk about something that I don't have a lot of knowledge about, but I'm very interested in, and that is the power of branding your business with audio and music and voiceovers and why that is authentically and deeply connected with your audience or customers. So, Jody, welcome to the show. Will you give us maybe 100 words or, or, or less uh, background on yourself and, and experience? Well, thank you for having me here, first of all. Um, And uh, yeah, my background is in music, really, if you get right down to it. I got into voiceovers in 2007 after doing some volunteer work for the CNIB in 95-96, I think that was. And the CNIB is the Canadian National Institute for the Blind. So I was reading books onto tape, which really was tape at the time, (laughs) Um, and uh, learned a lot about it and really was intrigued was as interested with the tech as I was with anything else, actually. And it took me a while, but I researched it and got into it and went full-time in 2007. Wonderful. Okay, so, you know, this might be a little strange for people to hear about audio branding. Can you give us kind of a, I don't know, a background on what it is and why it's important? Well, as a voice actor, I was really intrigued by people using my voice to brand their companies. And so this is like one tiny little piece of the whole audio branding spectrum. But essentially, it's a really quick, easy shorthand to get right to your clients, your customers, your audience's heart really quickly. Because audio, our our sense of hearing is one of our strongest senses, and it really reaches us on on a very deep level. And I think not enough people use that in their brand voice. And when I say brand voice, I mean more broadly your entire branding spectrum. Again, not many people use it to the advantage that it could be taken. If you're more intentional with it, I think it can really be used to good effect. Okay. And is this like, you know, really important that people, you know, start with this as branding or are there other aspects of branding? I'm just trying to position it for them. Like, you know, in terms of branding, people start to think about logos and colors. And, and that, that, that to me is like not even close to the top uh, of branding. <laughs> where, where do you position um, audio branding in that list of, okay, you, you want to rebrand or, or, or create a brand? Where do, where do you position audio branding in that stack? Well, first off, first off, I think that if you're not thinking about the audio portion of the whole branding aspect, you're missing a huge piece. And if that audio doesn't match your visual, people aren't going to trust you and they're not quite going to know why. It's almost unconscious. There needs to be a connection between the two. So once you figure out your why and you know what emotions you want people to feel, that's really how you can, that's kind of the top thing. Once you know what your company stands for, why you do what you do, and You associate that with brand colors and a logo, but you also associate that with how you sound. So what what music you use, what voiceover you use, what sound effects you might use. Uh, Are you a casual or a a formal company? Um, 
If you're casual, you might use more contractions in your voiceovers, or you might be more casual music. If you're more formal, you might use classical music. You might, you know, not use contractions in your advertising. There's different feelings to different types of companies and what they do. Okay, so before we jump into how to do this, who do you know (laughs) that's doing it well and maybe somebody that's not doing it well that you'd love to work with to to change that? (laughs) Uh, Well, the people I think are doing it really well are are companies like Intel in particular. I use them as an example because they have what's called an ear con. So they use that da-da-da-da, you know, that, that sound that you constantly associate with them. But what they did was they didn't advertise themselves. They added their little, you know, quality inside logo sound to every technology company's advertising to demonstrate that they had quality inside their product. So they were sort of the add-on too, but they became associated with that quality just by that sound. So if you hear that sound now, it's automatically associated with quality in tech. It's just an automatic association. (laughs) So like, think of how you don't even need to know what language they speak. It doesn't matter. It's worldwide. It's a sound. And language is no barrier. So it's really kind of cool that way. Um, As opposed to, I don't know, like who doesn't use it? Uh, It's hard to say because people who I would think would use it to great effect just aren't. (laughs) So I can't really use them as an example. (laughs) Is it because they they don't know any better or is it because um, they're just don't feel like it works? What's the reasons and excuses you hear? I think it's likely that they've never heard of it and they didn't know it it was a thing. (laughs) Uh, They're all very conscious of the logos and the colors and and the feel of their advertising visually, but they're not quite aware of how much of an impact that sound can make. And uh, that's kind of disappointing to me. I know a lot of companies, for instance, switch their voiceover artists on like a regular basis, like everything they do, it's a different voice actor. And I don't, you know, I, I get why people do that. They have different feelings for different types of promotions. I understand how that works. But at the same time, once you get an association with a type of sound, Getting rid of it and changing it multiple times means that consistency isn't there and you can't get the associations that you might otherwise get. So I think they're missing out on an aspect that could be really powerful for them. Are you, do you kind of go in and, and look at, okay, what current sounds do they have associated with them? And then you make recommendations. Like, what if I were United Airlines and I came to you and uh, Beethoven, they use a lot of Beethoven, I think. <laughs> yeah. And other classical music in their, their ads and on board. Is that a good fit for them? And, and how do you know? Well, honestly, I am not an expert per se in this. I'm uh, someone who studies it, just like you know anyone else who does a podcast. I'm interviewing people who do this on a regular basis, but I'm not actually implementing it for other people. Mm. So, I am uh, learning at the feet of other people who do this for a living. Uh, I've interviewed Steve Keller, who is the Sonic Branding uh, Fellow for 
Pandora. Um, I interview audio engineers and people who do sound design, people who teach film in, in universities and colleges, uh, all sorts of different people who talk about this on a regular basis. But it's not something that I go into a company and advise on. <laughs> okay, got it. So uh, before we jump into the how, mm-hmm. what is it that you do specifically? I am a voice actor. So I, like I said, I'm one small portion of that audio branding spectrum. And I see that little part of what I do. And it intrigues me enough to want to see the bigger picture. (laughs) Okay. And so uh, you still only focus on voice acting. You're not getting into these other aspects? Yeah, no, I'm not. (laughs) I can certainly, yeah. Oh, I definitely have an opinion. Yeah. And, (laughs) and I can, totally um, direct people to other companies who might be able to help them if that's something that they were interested in. I'm always interested in learning more. I just don't claim that I'm the expert. (laughs) Right, right. Well, we'd love to hear your opinion. So (laughs) let's talk about a company that doesn't have any audio branding at all. Mm -hmm. What is the first thing that they should should do? Well, I actually have um, a kind of PDF, I guess, which asks some key questions. It's like it's like any marketing. I mean, as a marketer, you ask certain questions to get to the meat of what the client, the company, the brand is trying to accomplish. Who are their audience? Who are they selling their product to? Uh, creating their service for? And what do those people care about? Where are they? So a lot of your audio branding is going to be Uh, sort of predicated on where these people are and what is important to them. And you need to know your why and who you're trying to reach and where they are before you can even start. Okay, so you start with a why. And let's say you figure that out Mm -hmm. and you've got a good branding message and you know what you're doing and Mm -hmm. who you're doing it for. How do you then tie that to voiceover and music and, and audio cues like Intel's done? Well, ear cons are a different thing. Uh, you know, it depends on how uh, big your company is and how consistent you can be over time. You know, things like the Taco Bell Bell or um, the NBC logo, you know, things that are definitely associated with the brands that created them. And that's happened over time. McDonald's is another famous, you know, da 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 da. Right? We all know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that kind of thing is—it's uh, something that happens over time as as you use something consistently. And it's funny, but I don't think these days a lot of people use things as consistently as they could. I know, for instance, uh, Mastercard just maybe two years ago, maybe a little more, made a whole soundscape for their brand that they're translating depending on where people are in the world. So it's a series of, I think, three notes, basically, that changes depending on where you're hearing it and depending on what musical instruments they're using and what piece they're using. Like, is is someone doing a transaction on a machine or are they on the computer or, you know, a whole bunch of different things? Is it an advertising? But again, it's consistent use. And, and they paid millions of dollars for this to be developed for them. So, you know, it, you can spend a lot of money on this, but at the same time, you don't necessarily have to. Um, once you know the why, 
I think the, the most important thing is to figure out where your uh, audience is and how you want to reach them. So if they're all online, then maybe you want to make uh, a pre-roll ad, like a, a YouTube ad. Maybe you want to make a Facebook ad. Maybe you want to go on Instagram. You know, maybe you just want um, a, a brand anthem on your website that you can promote to various people. And in that case, it's building the video, but it's also building the music behind that video and the voice behind that video and any sound design. So you can work in those audio elements depending on what your needs are and who you're trying to reach. Okay. Is it a testing type of thing, though, where you... Oh, like it's like any marketing. Yeah. I would imagine you, you test out things and see what works and what doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I work with clients and we do a lot of videos mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I'm always looking for intro music and outro music. And sure. if it's a podcast, you know, a voiceover artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's trying sometimes because, you know, there's literally millions of tracks you can choose from yes. in terms of music. And uh, you can kind of narrow it down with keywords, but you know, there's still hundreds of thousands. It's, it's really challenging to get something you know, our clients like. It's usually me just saying, here are your three choices. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I do try to match the music to what I think the personality is. I almost think of it as, mm-hmm. okay, the brand is a personality. You're sitting in a car. What is the expected music they're playing in the car? And that, that's typically what it comes down to for me. Mm-hmm. In terms of a voiceover artist like you are, I, I struggle with that. I, I don't know how to relate the two. Is there any you know shortcuts that you can give us on that? Well, again, I think the first question to ask is how formal or informal is your brand? Mm-hmm. Because the voice and the music as well are probably going to be influenced by that decision. So if you're very informal, you might want a more urban hip kind of voice. You know, If you are a little more of a luxury item or... Uh, you know, some travel hospitality stuff, uh, then maybe you want a smoother voice. You, if you have like a, a young hip kind of brand, you might want a higher voice that is maybe the voice of your demographic, the people you're selling to. Uh, it, it really depends on what it is that you're selling and, and whether you're trying to convey the message as someone who is your clientele or someone who your clientele might admire. Okay. And so where would you position yourself if somebody were coming uh, for a voiceover uh, artist? Where would you kind of position yourself in, in, in that <laughs> regards? Well, um, myself, I, I have a pretty smooth voice, so I would never, ever claim to be urban and hip or cool or anything <laughs> of that nature. So I don't know yeah. if you have kids, but they, they, uh, they would laugh <laughs> at that one, but go ahead. Uh, yeah. So, uh, like Nike would not come to me for a voiceover. <laughs> right. Gatorade wouldn't come to me for a voiceover, <laughs> but I do do a lot of healthcare. I do a lot of financial industry stuff. Um, I've done stuff for uh, Dell, for, for high-tech companies. Uh, it, it, you know, uh, these days, actually, with the, the whole pandemic going on, people have been coming to me for a lot of the reassuring, comforting, authoritative, but still approachable kinds of reads. <laughs> so right. it, it's been interesting. Uh, I used to do a lot of hospitality and travel industry because I can convey a certain amount of excitement as well. <laughs> right. But that, of course, has sort of closed down right now. So it's kind of switching into 
insurance companies and finance and healthcare and and all the things that need that reassuring, warm, it's going to be okay kind of voice. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that, that makes total sense to me. And uh, and we put up links to where people can find you if they want to work with you, uh, by the way. Sure. I appreciate that. How do you know? Because you know, we've got mostly marketers that are listening in. Mm-hmm. How do you know when you've got a good audio branding connection with your customers or audience? Is there, is there a way of measuring it or is there a way of determining that it's not working? I'm not sure if there's a way to measure it unless you're selling more, you know, accomplishing more with your branding. Um, I think one of the best ways to gauge this, though, is are people remembering you? (laughs) So if you do a commercial and the commercial is really clever, but no one remembers who the commercial was for, that's failed advertising. (laughs) So, you know, you want to make sure that you're remembered and the audio coupled with the visual can really help with that because it makes an emotional connection. Whereas we're so inundated with the visual these days that it's really hard to be memorable when all you're seeing is what you're seeing. <laughs> and branding is so amorphous. You know, it's really hard to measure mm-hmm. branding. I, I think product recall, company recall are important. And a lot of that's carried out through surveys sure. and through other, other means. I, um, I think the same thing can be done with audio branding where you, you can ask people uh, about the Intel ding, for example. Everyone's going to mm-hmm. know what that is. Yeah. There are things that you could probably measure it by and, or on the spot, just ask them, is this a voice that appeals to you or it doesn't appeal to you? Or is this music that appeals to you or doesn't appeal to you? I think you could do it that way. I, I, oh, sure, I struggle yeah. with how you'd be able to pull out each piece of a uh, of an advertisement and just say that's the that's the reason why it didn't work or that's the reason why it worked it's it's all going to work in concert well i think what you can do is have some elements in one and take them out in another and see what happens hmm. so in one for instance if you made a video for a company you could you could just have the visual you could add music then you could add music and a voiceover you know, like you could see which one the audience responded more to. Yeah. And I think that would be an inter- interesting test. <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, if anyone's done that test, please reach out to us and let us know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love to hear about fun. it. <laughs> okay. So we're going to wrap things up now mm-hmm. with our final two questions that we ask everybody. And the first one, and I find your answer kind of amusing, is what is the hottest digital marketing technology that you recommend others use? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if this is the hottest, but it's the one I use every single day, and it's Gmail. <laughs> it's as simple as Gmail. I have so many folders in this thing, it's probably not even funny. <laughs> so if uh, Gmail went out of business, you'd be in trouble, it sounds like. I, honestly, yes. Yeah, I would totally be in trouble. Like, I even pay for G Suite. I, <laughs> I just, I went the whole nine yards with it because I just, I use it every day and it, it kind of replaces my CRM because mm-hmm. I've tried multiple CRMs and I just haven't been able to continue keeping them up. But all I have to do is do a simple search in my Gmail and I can find anything I need. 
and I can schedule things to appear on the day that I need them to appear. So I can remember that I need to know something next Monday. I need to be reminded of this particular thing. And I can just have that email appear in my, uh, in my inbox on that day. And yeah, there I go. Feature. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There that. I go. The, the reminder's there. <laughs> yeah. I, I like to tell, tell people that email's a victim of its own success because it works so well and it's cross-platform that, mm-hmm. you know, you've got spammers, you've got all sorts of charlatans that are sending emails oh, sure. out because it, because it reaches people. It, it works. Uh, one of the things I point out with Gmail is, I, you know, there's ancillary services that you can attach to yes. it at the browser level, like mm-hmm. uh, Rebump and Nimble. And that really enhanced that Gmail experience and turned it into something that it originally wasn't designed for. So uh, Gmail's a big winner, I think. Yeah. Nobody's ever mentioned that before, but uh, <laughs> I can see why it's so critical to your your success. I, I used to use something called MixMax, which was a, another plugin that you could put into it. And again, it was a little more of a complicated sort of scheduler type thing. Yeah. Um, I have removed it since because I went from Gmail to G Suite and I just sort of got rid of everything to sort of start from scratch. <laughs> yeah. and, and I've just not reintegrated it just yet. But I'm finding that the scheduler works just fine as it is. <laughs> got it. Okay. Well, good. Now, the second question. Mm-hmm. Who do you feel is the most influential person in marketing today? Uh, I find um, Donald Miller to be a, a really interesting influencer because I, I really love the idea of story brand. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Probably a you are. A little bit. Maybe you can uh, outline it for everybody. Uh, well, the, the idea of story brand basically is like the keep it simple, stupid type, you know, <laughs> you know type thing. Um, we all have a story to tell but that story needs to be very simple and it needs to be um one concept at a time basically i think is mostly what i got from what he was saying uh if you make it too complicated people don't know what to do (laughs) and and you need to make your message very focused and very simple and so telling people on your first page what your backstory is, isn't necessarily what they're after. They want to know what you can do to solve their problem. And you phrase that in a way that makes you feel like you're the guide helping them to be the hero. Wonderful. Okay. Well, Donald Miller, I'm going to put some of the links in the uh, description. So please be aware of that. So uh, Jody, we're going to wrap things up, but Before we do, where can people find you? I am at voiceoversandvocals.com or my audio branding podcast is at audiobrandingpodcast.com. Pretty simple. (laughs) All right. Excellent. Uh, You're probably the smoothest voice we've had on this this podcast, so I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) And uh, look forward to talking to you in the future. Great. Likewise.